Hey everybody, I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liz. And you are listening to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. And we're not recording remote from each other this time. Yay! Oh, the stay-at-home order got lifted in Vermont and we've been able to actually be in the same room. It's amazing! It's very nice. So, uh, this... <laughs> This one is actually one that was on the list ever since I first compiled possibilities for this podcast. Not because it's particularly well known, because I'm pretty sure it isn't, but it's because it's something I own that fits the remit. And this is volume one of Far West from uh, writer and artist Richard Moore. So uh, this is... It's a fantasy story set in an Old West setting. And, mm-hmm. and it, it is that in that order. So it's not like a Western story with fantasy elements. Like, no, it's elves and trolls and pixies and dragons. But instead of being in, like, medieval Europe, like most of those, mm-hmm. you know, things are set in, it's instead in... The old west where there's guns and there's bounties and there's trains and there's you know bandits with bandanas over their mouths to, to you know trying to rob things and all that sort of stuff poker games the the works mm-hmm. and it deals primarily with a bounty hunting duo there's meg uh who is an elf and there's phil who is a bear literally just a upright walking bear with a rifle mm-hmm. it's it's not even like a were bear or a bear human like no he's he's just a bear Bear in a hat he, yes he's a bear in a hat with a rifle mm-hmm. like like you do like yeah absolutely like you do and we follow them on a fairly low-key story all things considered i mean it gets ridiculous because it's you know big fantasy spectacle and whatnot but we get to meet Meg a little bit as she gets into a poker game with kind of a um, a huckster kind of character. They take up uh, the bounty hunt for a train robber who has a, a great dragon, which is a very, very dangerous thing. And they go to a bar for trolls looking for information. They go in the caves. There's confrontations. There's fights there's chases there's actions chase, there, yeah there's explosions and then uh at the end there are alternate covers and pinups because that's <laughs> that's who richard moore is that's the story <laughs> so liz yeah thoughts it's not as bad as you are anticipating um <laughs> I was, there is like more butts in this thing than a burlesque show. I'm like impressed. Um, Yes, we'll we'll specify for folks. Meg Meg wears chaps. Yes, uh, yes, buttless chaps. I I almost said something else, but I will say buttless chaps and you can edit that. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, And then... um, yeah, there's all these reasons because she's taking a bath, and then like her, she she doesn't really wear a shirt either. Um, she just kind of has that like, I don't know what it's called. I'm not that sure old what it's West covering. Yeah, it, just just the front. I think she's... it was the originally Native American, so I'm sure there's some. 
I would say there's some cultural appropriation going on, but I'm not sure what el like what if there's races as elves and what's quite going on there. So it's hard to figure that out. Yeah, we don't we don't really in this volume we don't find out enough about the world to know if the races of elves are meant to be analogous to Native yeah. American tribes or not. Yeah, this doesn't go very deep. Um, so, no, it's, no, it's, this it's, is some surface level stuff. Um, I would, I mean, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I just thought it was like, I, I wished it wasn't all in black and white. Well, yeah, that is something that was worth pointing out. And I'm glad you did. Cause I would have forgotten to, cause I'm just used to it. Um, yes, th this is... I want is... the sunsets of the Old West. I want some color explosions. I also sometimes had a t trouble with the speech bubbles. Like, they would be hanging out, and I wouldn't... There would be several characters, and I was like, who is this attached to? Or, you, you, like... You were expected to pick up from context, yeah. A new character where their speech bubble came in before they did, and it was... It was hard to follow. Yeah, so the black and white, I strongly suspect, was a budgetary concern. Yeah, probably. Um, because the, this, this is published by uh, NBM, which is a small boutique publishing house. Uh, and actually, Richard Moore, he's best known uh, as the writer and artist on Boneyard, which, which was popular enough that they stumped up the money to reprint those in color. Mm. But that's also in black. Nearly everything he's ever done is in black and white. But I think that's because the publisher that he works with, which is, which gives him absolute creative freedom. Mm -hmm. But they also don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I I, I suspect unconfirmed, but I knowing as much of the guy's work as I do, I strongly suspect that's the reason it's in it's in black and white as opposed to any, like, specific artistic vision reason. Yeah. I mean, the main character was likable enough, and I did actually really like Phil the bear. Phil's great. Phil is probably I, I, I like my Phil favorite part. Um, I just thought it was a little, like, exploitative with all the butts and the boobs and... Yeah. So there's, there's a, a lot of like cleavage shots. There's a naked pixie. I mean, there's several naked pixies, but it's definitely more emphasized on the female pixie. Like, um, I, I just feel like, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, is my answer. So um, there's a couple of things I'm going to say. The first is I got hold of this. I was probably 23. And it's very much person then. <laughs> in many ways. Um, but even now, like I, I see all the problems with it and I acknowledge all the problems with it. Oh, the whole gunfight where it's basically like, let's find excuses to show her butt. <laughs> I'm going to say butt a lot. <laughs> a lot of butt. <laughs> I still enjoy this. I suppose in the way that a lot of folks from our generation still enjoy problematic movies from the 80s or 90s. Yeah. I mean, in, it's in, not... in that, I, I developed my affection for it before I knew that I shouldn't. <laughs> Fair. I, I just didn't get super into the story. Like, it's a cool concept. And maybe if there it was in color or the characters were a little more developed... Um, I would have liked it better, but I was just like, or if it wasn't as exploitative. Um. So, 
I, I am going to take a moment to talk a little bit about Richard Moore because he, some of his work, I don't know if you looked at other works by in the front end, some of it is flat out pornographic. He does actually draw oh, eight, yeah. 18 plus comics. Uh -huh. uh, in addition to things like this in Boneyard, which would fall under, I would say, PG-13. Uh -huh. um, what would you call this? I, I would... What would you rate this? I would rate this PG-13. Yeah. I mean, it's... Is it, is it still exploitative? Yes, but it's butts, and it's a very brief glimpse of chest mm -hmm. in a couple of instances. But, like, if, if Titanic is PG-13, this is PG-13. Um, but there, there was a question that I wanted to ask, yeah. and I need to prep in case, uh, depending on what the answer is. Did you notice that the dragon is anatomically correct? Oh, I did notice that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that dragon has some pecs. Oh, that dragon has something else. The dragon was also never how I had seen a dragon drawn either. Like, it was kind of upright and very chesty. The dragon has, well, first of all, the dragon has six nipples. Yep. And equipment. Yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, I guess, I guess they did exploit the dragon too. <laughs> I'll be fair. Justice for dragons. Come on. Uh, apparently. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, I, to be fair, the old West and like frontier stories, not really my, my thing, not yeah. really my genre. So, um, and melding it with fantasy, I don't know. Sometimes, like, genre blending works well for me, and sometimes I'm just like, no. Just no. Um, I wouldn't say this was a hard no. It was kind of just not, not, I wasn't really feeling it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to mention Other one. than Phil. I liked Phil. Phil, Phil, Phil is, the bear. Phil is great. Mm -hmm. um, the one other thing that, that I'll mention about Richard Moore that I actually really appreciate, because I, I have a fair amount of stuff done by him. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've always appreciated about him is that he has, well, actually, first of all, by his normal standards, mm -hmm. um, Meg body style is pretty waifish. Yeah, she's he, not really chesty at all. No, she's she's not. And But when I say that, I don't mean that he always draws big busts. I mean, normally he has, he usually draws sizable hips, bit of a belly. He has a tendency to put what a lot of other artists drawing this type of stuff don't put because it's considered not attractive or not beautiful. Mm -hmm. He has a tendency to put details on his female characters who are very clearly drawn to be beautiful, but mm -hmm. to put in details that most artists wouldn't. And in the like her nose. In the case of Meg, it is her nose. Her that, <laughs> that is not what one would typically she's, consider to be a flattering nose. And there are some pictures of her face where I'm like, she's not really attractive. And I did appreciate that now that you mention it. So I, I appreciate that. Her She has almost... She has some more masculine features, I feel like. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things that I actually really appreciate about him. And while I will not deny that he does mm -hmm. cheesecake and pinup-y stuff and it is exploitative... Mm -hmm. He's the kind of artist where I'm like, if someone's going to be exploitative, I like the way you go about it. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely seen worse. Well, yes. It's, it, it ain't Witchblade. Oh my God, Witchblade. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'll, I'll always have that one in my back pocket if I need to defend something. Ghost in the At Shell went there sometimes too. Oh God, it did. That was really, I love that. You still haven't seen the movie. No, I, I love that movie, movie so much and that book was such a letdown. All right, we've tangented, which is usually our cue to. Uh, I know, get, to get back to the story or to wrap things up. Yeah, to wrap things I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I, I mean, would, it's not a very substantial book either, which is no. funny because I pointed out, I'm like this, like in terms of its length, is big in yeah, terms the, of how much book there is and how much to read. There's not a lot, so it's, it's kind of funny. It's not a long book, but it, yeah, it's it's the its dimensions are odd. It is it is a large book in terms of height and width, but. Um, and speaking of the alternate covers, I did think the detailing on some of those were really lovely. Um, just like the hair, the individual hairs. On yeah. The, um, on the more. Yeah, I, I like those. And, you know, there's just more expression to her face and stuff. So there's, you know, you, you weren't wrong when you said it's, we, it's not particularly deep because we don't learn a ton about this world. Some of the glimpses we get, I do really like, though, because like mm -hmm. she gets ambushed by a water demon in the mm -hmm. tub mm -hmm. and it it shoves her head underwater. And it's not that she's drowning, it's that she's underwater, like looking at this vast abyss of all these corpses so it's like he shoved her underwater into a hell dimension mm. for a hot second before she comes up for yeah air. i wouldn't mind playing in this world more i just uh, i don't know i think it needs a little more depth to it and color i want i want you you want the color i want the color that is fair all right so that is far west by richard moore we're gonna wrap that up there and we'll play you a promo for something i don't know might even drop a promo for my own stuff that i've got coming up i don't know i don't know how much of a shameless self-promoter i'm gonna be on this but we'll be back in a minute with listener feedback my name is jesse a trekkie a radiation wave hit and i got shot through a wormhole and now i'm on some distant corner of the galaxy on a podcast, an index show about a strange science fiction series. Help me, please. Is there anybody out there who can hear me? I'm co-hosting with an insane Farscape fan. I'm doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. What the Frell, a Farscape podcast, available only on the Council of Geeks podcast network. Hey folks, welcome back. So uh, the last episode was uh, our review of Frey by Joss Whedon. And we had a couple of comments on the site, fireandwaterpodcast.com. Go there and leave your own comments. If you have ever wondered, hey, where are they pulling these comments from? That's where. Go on over. Give it a, give it a look. Leave your own thoughts. Anyways, first up from Brian Linton. He said, thanks for another fun episode. I'm glad the pandemic didn't put the kibosh on it. Came close. Um, I watched both Buffy and Angel when they first aired on TV, but I haven't revisited the Buffy first in a long time. This book seems like it might be a good way to dive back in. I love the blending of sci-fi and the supernatural, and like, uh, and like that this is a story of a future slayer. It's a shame more didn't come of it. Yeah, that, yeah. I do wish they'd, you know, especially having tried to read the Buffy continuation, I wish they would have just done more Frey <laughs> More instead. Frey. I did like Frey. 
Um, I would have liked to have a comic series to follow the adventures of different Slayers set in different times and places around the world. That would be one way to infuse the Slayers with a bit more diversity. I know they've done, like, um, like one-offs in comics of, like, it's like Tales of the Slayer or something like that. It was never an ongoing concern, though. I know there, there was, like, a volume of it or something. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Brian concludes... My daughter probably isn't quite ready for Buffy, but I don't think it will be too long before she is. I'm betting that she'll enjoy the series. Well, I hope she does, Brian. Best of luck. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would like to see them in other time periods, too, and, like, different places in the world. Like, yeah. I, I mean... Slayer in the Taj Mahal or something. <laughs> cool. Or, like, I'm always up for Elizabethan England. That would... Oh, God. Imagine trying to slay vampires in a bustle. That would be pretty, pretty that, that, epic. That'd be a big pain. Yeah. Um, and Brian, actually, if you're looking to like reignite your um, your interest in Buffy, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a, a friend of mine, um, the YouTube channel Passion of the Nerd. He has been doing very in depth episode by episode reviews of both Angel and Buffy. He is. He's in the middle of the second season of Buffy. I'm sorry, second season of Angel, fifth season of Buffy. And his early stuff is a little on the short side, but once he started getting into season two of Buffy, he started going really in-depth and creating really great videos on that. So if you want to... It, it, rather than diving back into the show, if you want a, like a nice reminder for why you loved it in the first place, I recommend his stuff a lot. All right. Tim Price says, Will I be ostracized from the podcast if I admit... I haven't watched Buffy. Get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a friend that's uh, watching um, Firefly for the first time right now. It's a pretty great commentary on Facebook. Back to Tim. Full disclosure, I did watch the original movie, and about five years ago, I tried the first two episodes of the TV show, and that's it. Sure, the concept's interesting, and I've enjoyed other things, by Whedon. And maybe seeing it so much later, the show's pace seems too slow compared to more recent series. Or maybe I've just aged out of it. But this comic does look fun. So, another for the reading list. At least I'll have entertainment for the nursing home. <laughs> Thanks for another fun show, my socially distanced punchers. I mean, that's how long it's going to take you at this rate, Tim. Oh, I, by the way, I am watching Supernatural right now. From the beginning. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm on season six. I started several months ago. Yeah, speaking of something that will keep you busy for a while. I know. It will definitely keep me in, well into the summer, I think, at this point. Because I'm well, not you, even halfway through. So. Well, you're well occupied now because also the season of uh, Riverdale hit Netflix. And so you've got you've got your favorite trash now, too. I, I do have. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun describing some of the plot lines to you. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't watch Riverdale, but I do enjoy her trying to explain what's going on to me. <laughs> Because she'll, she'll just start and I'll be like, wait, what? And she'll be like, don't stop me. I've got more I've got to cover here. <laughs> oh, man. It is it is something. Uh... All right. So next, next comment came from Lizanne Oswald. Impressive podcast. Most impressive. Uh, I didn't mean it was a bad thing. Uh, Hailsome can be good. After what happened with Ezra Miller and what they did. Oh, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that, ah, moving on. We need all the wholesome we can get. People latch onto that false narrative 
and Nathaniel, <laughs> you being wholesome helps. Uh, so speaking of Mr. Whedon himself, oi, talk about not living up to his ideals. A feminist I've always preferred equalist to this. He really does not live up to his ideals with what happened with him and his wife, but as that's been discussed to death, I shall move on. Separating his art from him, and I can because for the most part he doesn't beat me over the head with his ideals, the work itself is fine. I like Buffy and it seems fine. I didn't buy it, but uh, because I don't buy comics much anymore, but this seems fine. I probably wouldn't read it uh, with a mentor demon, not my thing, but yeah, not a big shock he betrayed homegirl. Not a fan of her weapon. The balance just looks off. Uh, not a question of strength because she's the slayer, but the balance looks way off. The metal axe as a handguard uh, is where the weight is. Not a great saber for the wooden pole weapon. It's not tapered like a longsword. It's just a light wooden stake with an axe handle. I'm, I'm not worried about that pose. One, she barely has a butt. Two, you would move in to stab and she's doing it too soon for the image on the page. Also, her arm isn't back enough if she's got to slay this vamp. You might want to lose the jewelry too. So many earrings and stuff for the vamp to grab. The watchers are evil? Bummer. The work does look a bit Ramos, but more Ed Magnus. And Lizanne Oswald also followed up with the additional thoughts. You want to take that one? No. Oi, y'all ain't... You <laughs> Apparently I'm Southern. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, y'all aren't able to quarantine together? I'm sorry, Liz and Nathaniel, that has to suck. Not being with the person you love through all this. Sorry. I, I mean, my relationships don't last as long as TP, but finding true love and then not being near that person must be, oi, sorry that happened. Moving it on. Oh, also it's great that Liz is wholesome too. Sorry y'all feel slighted for saying y'all were wholesome. I meant no harm. We need wholesome people. Not everyone can be a jaded witch like me. It would drain the world of its hope and its whiskey. And I don't blame her for not liking Joss. Uh, he didn't live up to his talk. Still, if not for him, both Buffy, both versions, wouldn't exist. And the first Avengers movie. So, though he's a real-life bleep <laughs> he made an iconic character and that's cool is it liz with a z or an s the page said s or um liz with an s and it is liz with an s so i went with that anyway can't wait to hear the next podcast love hearing the work y'all do on this podcast and y'all make a great team as podcasters thank you lizanne thanks liz i am i am liz with an s because my full name is spelled with an s so uh it's fun it's funny, when I get texts from you and I'm in the car and I have the the uh, the dashboard read it out. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if it's actually Siri, but it's I'd like I think of it as Siri. Uh-huh. And it it doesn't know how to pronounce your name. You have a text from Lee's Zwick. <laughs> and I, I've had people pronounce it that too. And like other people have called me Liz around it and it, it throws them off and they still use Lee's. I have, I have a coworker who I, who's known me at least two years now and is like a good friend of mine and still spells my name with a Z every time. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, you still haven't noticed. <laughs> uh. Oh, well. Yep. 
Well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, next month, we're going to um, go a little bit more serious with a book that Liz has provided called White Bird, which I know very, very little about. And it is by the author of Wonder. and I know that because there's a sticker on the front. It, does it have a Wonder sticker? Oh, my gosh. She I'm... is milking the heck out of that. It, it is technically got one of the same characters as Wonder um, but it's it's different enough and it's a graphic novel so I'm I'm and it's been a while since I've read Wonder so we'll we'll give it a try well that's what we're gonna be trying for next time so tune in then folks and uh, stay safe bye, bye. tough like a girl is a council of geeks production and is presented on the fire and water podcast network Comments can be left on fireandwaterpodcast.com, and you can support the network by finding us on Patreon. This particular show was supported by Carolyn and Brian Linton. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxom, and our theme music is by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com.